My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Tracy Goodwin. She's a voice coach who created the psychology of the voice methodology. She's also the host of the Captivate the Room and the Psychology of the Voice podcasts. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm really excited for this interview. This is going to be interesting for sure, but it's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcasts, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have a lot of great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? So I have been hearing voices, which is an interesting thing to say to people. What do you do? I hear voices since I was very, very, very young. I was actually raised in a, in a family where I technically wasn't allowed to speak. And that is probably the this beginning of the whole story. That's where it all started. I found acting and speaking as a platform to use my voice and by the time I was 16, I was already an award-winning speaker in that space. But I wanted to be an actor. I worked as an actor in television. And then I directed plays all over the world. And this whole time, people are finding me to coach their voices. And I'm thinking, there is no way I'm going to be a voice coach, having been raised where I wasn't allowed to use my voice. That would be the biggest fraud ever, what I didn't realize was it was the biggest gift ever, and that I actually did have a gift. I had a gift of hearing that for the last 30 years now, I have cultivated through extensive research, extensive coaching. I created this methodology many, many years ago based on my own research and based on what I kept seeing people doing. So it's really different. It's shifting voice to the next level from the inside out, but it has definitely been a process. And I really came into it kicking and screaming because I, I couldn't imagine doing it, but it has been a fascinating journey. I started primarily focusing on dialects and it was that dialect work that led me to the discovery of psychology of the voice, the concept. And then I went to work with actors and television celebrities, and then that moved into professionals, and that moved into entrepreneurs. And it's really, really been just the, I just have to almost pinch myself every day that I get, that I got this gift, first of all, and that I have the opportunity to use it. I think one of the greatest things I ever did, two great things I ever did for my business was start my first podcast. And the second is be a guest on shows, just like I'm here with you today. So I'm real grateful for the whole podcasting realm. Oh, yeah. And this the podcasting realm is the perfect place for you to show yourself off and show your skills and build your authority. It's amazing, especially for what you're doing in the industry that you're in. What have some of the biggest challenges been around, I guess, being a voice coach? You know, you've got a very unique sector of the voice coaching 
industry. We'll put it that way. At a loss for words right now. What have some of the biggest challenges been around that? So the biggest challenges, you know, I often tell people when I go to work with them that I'm talking to you, but I'm really fighting with your subconscious for the next six, eight weeks. And so really the greatest challenge is if you set aside the learning curve that I had to deal with when I became an online entrepreneur and, you know, I'm the eight track player generation. So there was a pretty significant learning curve, but my greatest challenges are within literal voice stories and concepts that people are working with. They don't think they need this is the first one, which is the greatest challenge of all, because we have this idea because of the way the world teaches us that, well, if you're not a speaker, you don't need to improve your voice. Or if you're not an actor, you don't need to improve your voice. And this is such a whole realm of of deep dive into more confidence, speaking with more authority, increasing retention, increasing revenue. There is a freedom in this work that is valuable for everybody. So that's really the first challenge that I have to deal with, which is which is is tricky. And then the second is People have. Oh, gosh, I don't know if that was you or me. (laughs) If you set aside the learning curve that it took for me to learn an online business, because I had always been in the classroom, I had I taught for Mike Nichols. I had really had a, a one on one business early on when I moved into the online space. If you set that challenge aside. The greatest challenge I deal with is in dealing with the beliefs that people have around what this work is. And a lot of people will think, oh, well, I'm not a speaker. I'm not an actor. I don't need a voice coach. And if we're talking about typical voice coaching, here's a technique, slow down, pause. Well, I still think people can benefit from that, but I'm talking about a whole different realm increased speaking with authority, increased retention. I can solve your retention problem by adjusting one thing in your voice, increased revenue. Everybody needs to be seeking authenticity now. Authenticity is found in the voice. Connection happens in the voice. So that's really my greatest challenge is people don't make the connection. Wait a minute, hold on. There's something in my voice that's costing me revenue. 100% everybody is losing a third of their business because of something in their voice. That was a pretty extensive research study I did about about 10 years ago. And these are the things that people, they're not thinking about. So that's the biggest hurdle that I have to overcome. And then I would say the second is people think, oh, I just need to practice. I just need to practice. I just need to practice more. And that's a trick of the subconscious. That's a lie of the mind because there are so many things that are working against you when you practice the wrong thing. So I think it's, you know, if I were to bottom line it for you, it's understanding what I've created here because people just aren't thinking this way. They they don't think they need it. Yeah. I mean, they think that they can do it on their own, but that's that's the whole point of what why you're doing what you're doing is you are the one that has the gift. You're the one that can hear through all of it. And we were talking before 
this interview, you hear people's real voices. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, nobody, I don't, most people at least don't hear their real voice. And you're the one that, you're the only one I think that is able to truly uncover that. They can think that, oh yeah, with practice, whatever, but they'll mm-hmm. uncover it, but they really don't. So I'd love to know when it comes to sales, what is the number one I'll just go with thing because I don't know what you would call it that you hear in people's voices that is stopping them from increasing their revenue or holding them back in sales. Boy, that's tough to pick the, let me think about the, the number <laughs> one because there's, there's or a most few. common. Yeah. yeah a few. One of the, one of the really, when I talk about losing a third of your business, one of the biggest things that I see is people are, too focused on the words, too focused on getting, I'm, 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 I'm doing a rubber band ball now. It's so hard for me to say just one thing. So I've got a bit of a rubber band ball. If I give you all the information, tell you all the things, get the messaging, say all the things, get you to the outcome, then surely you're going to buy from me. And so what happens is they end up staying on one note and that note And when I say note, I mean sound, like my sound might be monotone. That might be the note that I stay on because I'm not sure what you want me to be. So I'm going to be neutral. They stay on one note. Generally, it's loud or fast. A third of their buyers have an aversion to that one note. Everybody has an aversion to a sound. It might be the lilt up sound. It might be a high pitch. If somebody's stuck in a high pitch, could be fast, could be loud, but everybody on earth has a sound they can't listen to. Let's say you had a sound I couldn't listen to, but I like your work. I like your, your, your content. I keep coming around. But if you have that note only that you're playing and that is the note I can't have, I won't buy from you. So we're playing one note and we're leaving people behind. But the real big thing is we're not creating the voice experience for our buyer. So that's that's pretty significant and pretty big. But driving people to the outcome, see, the world teaches us to do things like get them in the outcome. If you can get them in the outcome, you're going to close the deal. You're going to close the deal. That is not creating an invitation for people to lean in and listen and feel something. So there's really quite a few and it's super nuanced, you know, so people aren't thinking about, oh, wait a minute, hold on. I got to get, the, you know, I got to get this invitation created. No, they're thinking about the offer and the messaging and the price and come on, are you going to buy? They're, they're working from the wrong place is what I call it. That is fascinating. So you just tell them. So, okay. So let's say I I'm talking in a very monotone. I don't, I don't think that I'm even good at doing it. It's that. hard to do. It's hard to do for you. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, no, I just, I, cause I, I, I feel like I'm a pretty bubbly person. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of variations in my tones, but so let's say you've got somebody who's monotone and you know, they're ruining their sales. How do you help them overcome it? What does that process look like? Sorry, I got caught up in thinking about something about your sound. <laughs> Actually, divulge. Yeah, let me know. What was it? Well, I was thinking as I was listening to you, I was thinking, okay, what are you thinking about? What were you thinking about just then? 
when you ask me that question. I remember, I mean, I was just, I was thinking about the question. Yeah. Yeah. So there, no, that's okay. So ask me the, ask me the question again. Ask me the question again. I said, so let's say you've got somebody who's got a monotone voice, right? How are you, what, what does the process look like to help them overcome it to increase their sales? I know that's not how I phrased the question before. No, but that's okay. But that that was the reminder I needed. Okay. Everything in psychology of the voice starts in the inside. Typical voice coaching is I would say, well, we just need to you just need to sound more interesting. We just need more modulation. Might even do some scales or singing, but that is never going to stick until I find out why you are flatlining with your voice. So I want to know first and foremost, what is the noise in your head? And there's that's pillar one of psychology of the voice. So I'm going to look at your voice stories. There's an example I could give of a man that I worked with that spoke really fast. And he came to work with me and he said, I know I speak fast. I've already been told. I said, well, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I want to know why you speak fast. Well, when we uncovered the voice story, it turns out that when he was little, he wanted his dad's attention and his dad would only give him a minute to say everything that he wanted to say. So he created a habit of, I've got to talk really fast because I'm only going to get a minute and I've got to hurry up and say everything to dad and I want dad's attention. So I could tell him for the rest of his life to slow down, but I have to rewrite that story that he's still carrying around from before he was five. So it always starts with what is the noise in your head that is holding the habit in place? If somebody is monotone, it could be a a story that says, I don't want to bother people. It could be a story that says, don't rock the boat. It could be a story. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. So why don't you just be invisible anyway? So if you've got noise in your head that says, nobody wants to hear what you have to say, you should just be invisible. You're not going to reveal all the bold shades of your, of your sound. So I always start with the inside stories and where people are working from. And people are generally working from the past or the future. They're working from potential fear of judgment. They're working from deciding what we're thinking and adjusting accordingly. And so we have to sort out that noise inside before we can take on the external sound, which might be monotone or might be fast or might be loud or could be a voice mask, like needing to prove or defense or even people pleasing. Those are all different sounds. That is fascinating. What was what was your sound before you learned about all of this? Well, you know, my sound was silence until I found a stage to stand on. And so there was this, this double, uh, almost a double person uh, dichotomy at home. You're very careful. You're very uh, neutral. You don't rock the boat. I very much had what I now would call a peacekeeper slash people pleaser mask. You just didn't express yourself, no emotion, never allowed to say no, never allowed to be dramatic. That's what I, that was my voice story. Why are you so dramatic, Tracy? Well, because I am, I am dramatic. And so then there was the stage piece where I really got to reveal who I really was. I really got to play those shades early on. I didn't know that's what I was doing. I can look at that now that I've identified and 
created some different things in this process, but there really were two sides to me. That is really interesting. I'm this is fascinating. What do you wish that you knew back when you first started this business? I mean, when you decided to actually call it a business that you know now? Oh man, that is a really good question. I really think I wish I knew that failure wasn't failure, that failure was actually success. It took me a while to get that. I had, I don't really think of myself as a perfectionist, but I wanted to do things right. I felt like I needed to do things a certain way. And if I didn't understand it, which was often, then I wouldn't do it because I didn't want to do it wrong. I didn't want to mess it up. I didn't want to fail. Now I can go get it out there. It's not a failure. It's a learning opportunity. So I think that could have sped up the learning curve a little bit. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, when you learn that failure isn't really failure, it's just a redirection. It's learning from your mistakes, which is exactly what you need when you're an entrepreneur. It, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. I do that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Oh my gosh. Mistakes and, and making uh, fa- failures really aren't mistakes. You know what? I don't know where I was going with that, but okay. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> failures redirection. Okay. What keeps you motivated? Changing lives. The opportunity to share this concept with more and more and more and more people. What does your process look like to get your message out there? Well, I do a lot of things. I have two podcasts, which are really a priority for me. And I would say the second priority is being a guest on other people's shows where my audience is. Those are two things I spend a significant amount of time on. I teach in a lot of people's masterminds. That is a way for me to get my message out there. I do a fair amount of speaking. It's hard for me to do the speaking because the travel time can affect my weeks on either side. I love to do it, but it's, I have to really watch my schedule. Those are the primary things that I focus on to get my message out there. Of course, I do social media to share the message, but not really a blogger. I'm not really, not really a writer. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> what? How do you manage stress as an entrepreneur? Oh, boy. I'm feeling that one lately with my internet situation. I, we both. Right? We both, girl. <laughs> right? So one of the things that I do is I have a field, field cocker that I'm training to be search and rescue. And so that dog has the ability to completely eradicate my stress within a moment. I think animals are extraordinary for that kind of companionship and that kind of just let the stress go. I have learned to walk away. I'm really good about getting up and walking away. I'm really good about taking a breath and resetting. I have an incredibly high threshold for stress, which I don't think is a good thing. So I have to be really careful about, I can push through anything. That's just the way I was raised. We just, you go, you get it done. 
I have this ironclad work ethic. And so I, I think part of that leads to stress, which means I have to continually work on turning things over and not be the only one that can do everything. Absolutely. Learning to delegate. Mm-hmm. Which has been yeah. another learning curve. Oh, yeah, I know. What is your focus going to be for the rest of 2023? One of the things that I'm focusing on is I've changed up my programs a little bit and I'm, I have more of a sales focus with this work now. I've spent the last two years really doing some pretty extensive research on increasing retention and revenue with various things in the voice. So I'm adjusting to that a little bit. And always, I, my goal is to get on as many shows as I can, expand the reach as much as I can. So those are a couple of things that I'm going to focus on. I've also got a, a since really probably about November, been focused on creating an evergreen product. I've always had courses, but creating this evergreen product is something that I've needed to do for a while. And I'm really committed to getting that working. What is that evergreen product going to look like? Well, it is a, it's a digital asset that is all about the elevated experience that I talk about that we want to create with our voice, the moving parts to it, the bonuses, it comes off of a webinar and the moving parts and the bonuses and those things I'm still working through. I do it live currently, but I don't have it dialed in just yet. I don't have it locked in just yet. But it's mm-hmm. it will be going to this digital course and with some touch points with me. Because when when people come to work with me and they find out how I can hear and that and really the uniqueness of this, they like to have a touch point with me. And so that's that's the piece that's got to be sorted out a bit. Okay, I see. What is your biggest challenge? At least within the time. business. Time. 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 I, I don't want to say I'm not good at time management. I want to say I'm unrealistic in what I can accomplish in the course of a day. Some people <laughs> might have three things on their list. I have 33. And I'll get a lot done, but there's this frustration of I didn't get enough done. That's time is time and being just one, just me. I don't have coaches yeah. that teach for me. I don't have a big team. So that's, that is definitely, you know, I just went to a leadership event last week. And I think that's another goal for me is time management, turning things over to a team, really building a strong team. I think those are real big things for me this year. We can talk about your podcast, the podcasts. Okay. So one of them you've had for nine years and then the other Mm -hmm. one you just launched. Let's talk about why you launched the first one, why you're launching the second one, what kinds of things that you talk about on both shows. So my first show that I launched nine years ago is Captivate the Room. And I launched it because, and you've already said it, this is my platform. A, A voice person has to be audible or visible. And I knew that. And I kept getting this nudge, nudge, nudge to do the, this podcast. And my hesitation was the technical aspect. I thought, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make this work. So I hired somebody to teach me. And that show has been going for nine years. It's 
changed a, a lot over the years. I used to do a solo show and an interview show every week. The solo shows were me teaching about principles, concepts, and then I would do an interview show every week with people who were using their voices in big ways in the world. Now, it's morphed over time, and now it is primarily a one-episode-a-week show where I'm teaching to certain points around voice and communication, effective communication. I do some interviews still, but not, not as many as I used to, primarily because I, th- I personally think, based on this new show that is all interview 100%, there are, mo- there are a lot more moving parts. And so really the focus on the new show, I'm assessing people on air that I've never met. So we get them scheduled, people that have an interest, we get them scheduled. I've never met them. They come on. I have about a three-minute conversation with them. I hit record, and then I tell them how they're being processed in the subconscious of the listener, which is what my gift actually is. And that was a 10-year body of my research. And so I talk to them about how they're being processed, what isn't working for them, and then I will shift something in their voice on the show. And that is a brand new show. That has maybe been out two months. That is really cool, though. I I highly recommend it. And it was called. That's the psychology called, of the voice podcast. Yes, I highly recommend that. that I, I'm going to go listen to it. I hope the listeners go and listen to it because that sounds amazing. Maybe they can hear something that they're doing within their own yeah. voice and overcome it, too. Oh, yeah. It's the fantastic. feedback has been, yeah, just really incredible. And it's a lot of fun to do. Oh, I bet. I bet it is. So what has been the, some of the biggest, because you mean, you've been doing it for nine years, so I'd imagine that you know your way around podcasting for the most part, at least. What have some of the biggest challenges been around growing the podcast or podcasts? You know, I, I was really so blessed when I started that show. I don't think there was another voice podcast when I started my show nine years ago. And I was really... I was put on the new and noteworthy list. I don't even know if they do that anymore. I'm not sure if they do that. But nine years ago, they had a new and noteworthy list, got put on there. And so it was really a hit from the start. The the biggest challenge for me was really in the grind of it. The, the, the maintaining it became more challenging. And I had to, have always had to find ways to be to refall in love with that show again. The market has gotten more saturated obviously, but I don't think that's any reason for people to not do a podcast. I had to I that's when I really started utilizing being a guest on other people's shows. That was my one of my primary reasons was to send people back to my show. But I just mm-hmm. had to start adjusting how we were marketing the show, marketing that a new episode is coming, marketing the new episode is out. With this last show, I did a whole big launch. We didn't do that nine years ago, but I'm also in a a number of uh, podcast groups and I like to keep up with what other people are doing. Not that I'm going to try necessarily everything that I hear, but I think creativity is key. How can I creatively put my show out into the world? I'll give you an example. With this new show, I'm going to run a contest, Captivate Me, in 10 seconds because that's the way 
that is the way things are morphing into. Within 30 seconds, we decide everything about you. So a 10-second contest that will bring bring some, some eyes and ears to the new show that might not even know about it. So it's about getting creative, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you love the most about podcasting? The reach. Being able to touch lives of people all over the world. Introducing people to this methodology that might not ever know who I am or what this, the freedom that lies in this. It's definitely the reach. And that's why I started the show. I wanted to touch more lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing. And podcasting is perfect for it, especially for what you're doing. And it's fun. Right? It, yeah. And it's fun. You get to talk to cool people from all over the world. You get to, yeah. you get to build connections that you normally wouldn't build. Amazing. Amazing. Love it. All right, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on. I really, I think that this was a pretty fun interview. I hope you did too. <laughs> yeah. I loved but, it. Um, if you had to give one piece of advice to anybody who I guess might be struggling with their voice. What would it be? Stop deciding what we're thinking. That's one of the number one reasons people struggle with their voice. They think they're going to look stupid or they think that we've decided they don't know what we're, they're talking about or they're caught up in the judgment that they perceive we're making and we're not. So we have to flip that switch on deciding what people are thinking and bring those tentacles back in and pour out who we really are. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Everything is Captivate the Room, CaptivateTheRoom.com. I'm Captivate the Room on social media, but I'm Tracy A. Goodwin on LinkedIn. Okay. Awesome. Thank you once again. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.